This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leah Davis, along with Warren Harper and Leonard Davis. You are listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice a week podcast about people, politics, and professions. It is Saturday, uh, sorry, it is Friday, uh, February the 4th at 2.02 p.m. And I thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Today's topic, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, censorship. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing all right. How was your week? Good. So, so a little challenge. I can't see your camera, Leon. You can't see my, oh, there we go. You should see the camera now. There you right, go. There we go. All So I had to make some changes. So, so we go to Restream. Restream is, um, you know, where we stream to all the different sites. Okay. So Restream has a chat app that allows you to capture all of your chats from your different platforms that you stream to. And then what you can do is you can create a, uh, you know, put it in a, um, a little uh, area of the uh, OBS interface so that you can see when a chat comes in. Now, if you log out, uh, and so the, the spaces are tiny, they're, they're, they're small spaces. They're not, you know, you got a, a 1920 by 1080 a screen real estate and then i've got you know previews and audio and scenes and and then i got the little chat window hmm. so what is the one thing that all of these guys do when you try to log into someplace they give you these captures where you gotta pick which which images have a car in them pick which images have a bus in them right and so you've got this that. tiny window. Now you've got to scroll all of these pictures before you can log in to the, to the, to damn chat. You know, I mean, just, so anyway, there's my frustration on that for the day. So now they got me started. <laughs> so went to, went to, uh, Merriam Webster today to, um, Find the definition of censorship. Okay. Merriam-Webster, the institution, system, or practice of censoring. Now, that pisses me off to the bitter end. Because the sure. one thing I've been told or realized is that you cannot use the word to define the word. To define the word, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you don't know what the root word censor is, this definition wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> because they use the word censoring to define censorship. These people, you know, I, really. <laughs> Really? 
So did you find another dictionary source? <laughs> there are other ones that do the exact same thing. <laughs> and that just really seriously yeah. <laughs> professionals. These are professionals. So in order to understand censorship, if you don't know what censor is to censor, you have to go back, find the definition of to censor and remember the, the, the definition of censorship. Professional. These are professionals. These people do this for a living. So anyway, now that I'm all heated up, got my motor running. <laughs> We're gonna talk about sensory. So, okay. you guys have anything? Do you, since since I've gotten off my getting a couple of things off my chest, do you got anything? A couple of things you want to get off your chest about sensory? Fact that we're still doing it. Ah, okay, very good, very good. So we're gonna talk uh, about fact, that. Go ahead. The fact that they brought it up because one group want their politics to control. So for them to get control and for them to have their political thought control, they have to censor everybody else. And then they're up there calling the world we live in counterculture. And I think censoring and censorship is ultimate council culture. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that in the long run, it's going to backfire on them. It's really not going to accomplish what they're trying to do because once you censorship or censor or ban something, that's going to spur intense curiosity over time. And people have the will to uh, find something out. They're going to figure out a way. And they, and this, in this day of, um, technology and information you can't hide it whatever it is it's out there the internet they're not going to be able to control the internet which is the big thing with information now so you can say don't put something in the papers you can say don't put it in the school systems but the internet right now is still under free speech now if they manage to somehow shut that down then uh, it's going to be worse but we still got public bookstores. We have sources that the information can ultimately be found. It's just a matter of, of do you want to find it out? Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I, I kind of, I kind of started in a different place than you guys started. Um, so where I started as far as the discussion on censorship was, <laughs> We do, we already do censorship. We already censor okay. things. Um, we don't, we don't allow people to write and sell books about how to be a pedophile. We don't allow people to write and sell books about how to, uh, perform bestiality. Hmm. So, so we, we already censor things. Yeah. And so, That's true. so my thought is, um, it's not so much censorship as the issue. It's where do we draw the line? 
on sensory. Hmm. What you know, gets censored and what doesn't? Exactly. Where do we draw the line? Yeah. Like uh, you can't yell um, fire in a theater where there's no fire. That is censorship. Although yeah. it's, there is a safety aspect of it, it's still censoring speech. It's still censoring behavior. That's true. That's true. So, so the the question if we as we have established, it's draw. Where do we draw the line? Where do we um, say it's okay, and it's and where do we say it's not okay? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. One of the things that. Uh, I have been made aware of, or at least, you know, I've come to accept is that uh, white people have a tendency not to want to talk about tough issues that make them, that put them on the defensive. Hmm. So racism, uh, sexism, they don't tend to want to have those conversations. They tend to find ways to try to um, indirectly deal with that. Basically, they don't even want to deal with it. They just let it go, and hopefully mm-hmm. it'll just go away. And it never does. It just changes form, and we still have to wind up dealing with it some way down the road. And I think censorship is part of, so not like not everyone. Well, censorship is a, is a way for some people when they censor, they want to censor critical race theory or they want to censor LGBT movement. Um, is there a way of not having to want to have that conversation? The reason they don't, they don't want that discussion out there is because they just don't want to have the conversation. Yeah, that's that's true. And <clears throat> the biggest problem in that is that they don't control all the sources of the information. And eventually uh, those sources are going to leak out enough so that some people, certain amount of people will have access to that information. Now, the question is how many and how bad do they want it? But they cannot completely control or isolate information in today's digital era so it's a it's a battle it's a power struggle over uh, what they can control and what they can't i understand that and and i kind of think that that's a two-edged sword so there's information that's probably good to get out but there is also information that's probably not very good to get out Sure. So if if we can't control that information, then then it becomes a it becomes a bigger problem in dealing with it. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think there needs to be some control in in a lot of situations. I think the biggest question is how much control should be given and who should have the control. That's the fight where the fight is. 
Okay. So I and so I see it. I understand that. I understand that. I see it a little differently. Okay. Um. So I, you, you know me, I always talk about team and we should all do this together. Yeah. Um. If we were more unified, if we were more unified, if we were willing to work with each other, if we're willing to, um try to build bridges rather than build walls. I think the job of where to draw the line becomes a little easier. Now that doesn't mean that the conversations become easier. It's just that once we settle on a place to draw the line, we get more buy-in, we get more buy-in from everybody. And then it becomes easier to enforce that because everyone stands behind it or the majority of the people stand behind it. And I think the problem with the current um, attempts to censor is that small groups want to censor stuff that other groups don't want to censor, but nobody wants to have the conversation about where to start drawing the line. Where should we meet each other as far as drawing that line? Well, in general, when you have human nature, who wants to agree to have a line drawn on them, especially when no line was drawn by the other people, when they acted against them in such a way. Like I look at racial theory, and there's a very famous Caucasian preacher who said, when it comes to racism, there are conversations we need to have. Mm. And, <laughs> and I'm, of, I'm of the fact that we're past conversation. We need to discuss action. You know, over 400 years, we've been in this country. We're past conversation. Well, okay. Um, so let's say I agree with you that we were past conversations. What do we do? So you said we're past conversations. We should get into actions. What actions? It's time to say, hey, we want this. We want that. Uh, we don't want to wait 40 years for this. We don't want to wait another 50 years for that. We want this now. We've done what you said need to be done. We've waited 30, 40 years and we've done this. And we've done that. It's time to give us certain things. Now, now, <laughs> now, would that be the case? Not in all cases, but it's time to start looking at that. Well, and here's here's what I say to that: there's no unified set of actions that people are putting forth to resolve the situation. So, if there's no unified um, set of ideas that we want to put into place, do we just 
perform all the actions, everybody's actions is a good action. I understand what you're saying is that um, at some point the talk has to stop and activity has to begin. But if we, if we haven't defined what activities to begin with, how do we then begin implementing those activities, doing those activities? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, right now, most of the activity is being had, is funneled through the court system, the legal system, as far as censorship goes. You got state and local government passing these laws and these bills that are prohibiting this book, that book, banning this and that. And so the battle is is legislative and judicial. Uh, court systems are where we're going to have to figure out how to deal with this. Uh, these laws and legislations are coming up banning uh, certain material. At the same time, coming up with alternative mm-hmm. methods of going around the censorship, such as the internet, social media, uh, private uh, organizations that aren't connected with the government that can uh, avoid the uh, legal um, ramifications. So it's, you know, those two fronts are the main uh, battlegrounds outside the uh, system and within the system. Within the system, it's, it's, it's in the courts. These conservative courts are allowing this stuff. And I guess people looking at that are saying, well, we need to vote. Because that's how you get the right your people in the court systems to pass your legislation. Okay, so you you brought up two things that I want to I want to address, which I think are good. Yeah. So you talk about the courts yeah. um, being a part of censorship, the courts and the the government. But isn't that what we want? the courts and the government to be a part of uh, the discussion about censorship? Sure. But if the courts are putting forth legislation that you feel is harmful, then what do you do? It's more than a conversation. You're going to have to find out how to influence the courts. But isn't that, but isn't that what democracy is about? is about implementing about the, the implementing laws and um, articles of behavior mm-hmm. that the majority of the people want implemented. So, so you're not, there's a chance, there's always a chance that something that you think should be legalized won't be legalized. That's a part of democracy. Sure. Okay. So, so, so we want the courts, we want Congress, we want local governments to, to be a part of the discussion about where to draw the line on, censored, on things we, we want centered, censored or things that we want readily available in society, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Okay, so, so, th- so, so that's a good thing. Um, some of the issues that I think is happening is like <clears throat> people are petitioning local school boards to ban books 
mm-hmm. that haven't been banned by the courts, that haven't been banned by Congress, that haven't been banned by the local uh, government. They're going around the system where everybody can participate and they're trying to ban things that they particularly want without having to have a larger discussion with other people. And that's, and that's my concern. They're not, they're not trying to, they're not trying to have the broader discussion. They're trying to get their way. Mm -hmm. They're trying to ban stuff because they don't like it, but they, they want to be able to ban it without, um, a, you know, without everybody being able to weigh in on whether or not it should be banned. Well, and how does that happen when the systems are technically public and open? How do they manage to do that? Well, the, like the thing I sent y'all yesterday, James Carver was talking about you gotta run for these political offices that are on the local level. Mm-hmm. Like something my mom used to tell Leon and I coming up. All politics is local. You mm-hmm. start at local and you vote for offices all the way up to the president. Say All politics is local. That's what I was trying to say. This it's political and you have to vote the people in that you want to, um, that you feel will support your issues. Otherwise you are subject to lose. Well, I think, I think, I think part of, part of the people that you want to vote in is that, um, is that not just vote your issues, but, but that will implement, um, the will of the people. If I vote in somebody that's willing to go against the will of the people, have I done something good for society? But what is your definition of the people? The people, everybody, citizens. Well, you have people on this side, you have people on that side, so which people are you referring to? That's what I'm saying. The will of the people takes into it. takes into account all the people, every okay. person. And how do you do that? Well, that's that's so you've got town hall meetings, you've got polls, you've got call-in shows. I mean, you've got all of these sources mm-hmm. to to capture people's uh, wishes, right? Yeah, techni- technically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you capture the will point? of the people, and mm-hmm. the idea is is that you vote into office people uh-huh. that will not just implement my idea of things, but mm-hmm. what is right. If democracy is what we believe in as a society, then the will of the majority of the people should be what we're voting for. I should be voting for somebody that's going to implement the will of the people and not just the will of a few people. Right? I think that the average person that goes to vote 
feels that their will is the will of the people. How do how do you determine what the will of the people is from your own personal perspective? And that's where you have to you have to listen to. We have to have sources of information that are honestly trying to provide people with the, um, you know, the polls have to be the the. Uh, so we have to have town hall meetings, and you have to capture people's responses. You have to capture what people are saying. You have to capture what people want in their government. And then those have to be presented, you know, so that people understand what the will of the people is. So you have to have a system of capturing what the people want, and then you implement what people want. You know, when you say um, that a person believes that their will is the will of the people, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you square that because, because I like something doesn't mean everybody does. So how can I, how can I then assume that it's the will of the people because I like it? Cause that's how a lot of people think. I'm not saying it's right, but that's how a lot of people think. Okay. 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 Uh, okay. So people, there are some people think that way. But that doesn't make that doesn't give society a better place. Uh, that doesn't give society a better place. Um, oh, geez. All right, here we go. That doesn't that doesn't um, make. <laughs> and you know, I normally always do that, but I always forgot today. So anyway. Um, you know, just because, so so we're saying now, you know, we obviously have to go back and define what uh, democracy is. We have to go back and get people to understand what democracy is. It's not a dictatorship. It's not where you get everything that you want. It's not where you are the center of the universe. It's where you work in conjunction with the other people in, in the community, in the, the society that you live in to come up with rules that everybody can live with, not just you. So in the well, case yeah, of that's... in the case of critical race theory, where governors are trying to ban the teaching of critical race theory, that only benefits a small part of the population. How do you then uh, justify um, not teaching history in its true form for the people who are being victimized by racism. But the whole point I'm getting to is that this governor you mentioned was elected into office by the people. Now, whether it was the majority of people or whatever, if he has the power to influence legislature and things like that, then where does the will of the people, as you say, come in? If the governor is in opposition to what you feel most of the people want. Okay. So, so you're pointing out, so in our conversation, you're pointing out 
um, one instance of where people are not implementing the will of the people. They're implementing the will of a few people. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about trying to build society better so that we don't have those situations, so that we don't have one governor catering to a small part of society as a whole. Now, why would I say that that person is catering to a small part of the population when I may or may not have uh, um, all of the data that says there are more people that want uh, us to have the conversation than not. You know what I'm saying? So, so there may, there, there, there are people. I, I try to be more specific. The 13% of the population is black. 60% mm -hmm. of the population is white. Okay. If 60% of the population does not want to teach critical race theory, mm -hmm. then what the governor is doing is fine because he is executing the will of the people. I agree. So at this particular point, I have a tendency to believe, and maybe it is wishful thinking on my part, that not everyone wants to go through life and live with a lie. Because if you don't teach what really happened, then you're teaching a lie. Okay. <clears throat> true or true not? True. True. Okay. So I have a belief that people want the truth. Now, there are many instances where I am being proven wrong. Okay. And, and I have to be honest, I don't absolutely know for sure that the majority of the people want the truth because so many people do want to live a lie. I think you hit the point, you hit the nail on the head. How many people actually want the truth? I, I and you know. <laughs> you remember that line in the movie? Which movie? Zach, uh -huh. You can't handle the truth. Okay. That there was a lot of truth in that statement. A lot of people I agree. can't handle the truth. I agree. I agree. And I think that's exactly where we are right now. <laughs> so what do we do? And and here's where here's where I think did you did you want to pick up on something, Leonard? Well, like you said, people are more interested in life. The whole thing with critical race theory. Is a lie. And up to this point, it was on talk in South School. <coughs> it wasn't taught in elementary and high schools. And so they brought it down to tell people this is what your kids gonna learn. Just to frighten them. 
So, okay. So, so your question was, how do we get people to, if we have more people that want to live a lie, then who want to live the truth. Is that, is that your phone on it? Yeah. Okay. Why do you, why do you have your phone on? I forgot to cut it off. So I'm cutting it off. now. Okay. Very good. So, so, um, so if we have more people that want to live a lie than want to live the truth, um, then, then we can't get to true democracy. We can't. It's just, it's not possible. Okay. Because as long as the, because as long as we want to live a lie, that means we want our individual idea ideas to be the central focus of democracy and our, and our individual ideas cannot include everybody. It's going to be our individual ideas are for my own benefit and not for the benefit of my uh, fellow citizens. Yeah. Well, here's the, here's the point. You're talking about true democracy. Mm -hmm. Do you say we have it now? Or not. So, so do we have, so, so are we a democratic society? Um, I, I, I would grade us on a scale. I think we have a lot of aspects of a democracy, but, um, but that's being challenged right now. Okay, so you go, it's on a scale mm -hmm. from the very beginning of the democracy to now. What would that graph look like as far as more or less from beginning to now? Is it going up or down as far as becoming more of a democracy? And here's, here's what I think, and I think it's tough to answer that question. So, so the majority of the people wanted slavery to end and it ended. So the majority of the people and, and the reason, so the question becomes, how do you measure the the how do you measure the will of the people? Okay. Okay. How do you measure the will of the people? How do you know if more people want to do something than don't want to do something? Right? That's a good question. So so the idea is that we would have an election for a local representative that would go to Washington and represent the will of the people for that district. <clears throat> so if I got elected, 
you know, I'd, I'd run for election. Um, and my, my, uh, the people that represent me says, we want you to go to, uh, Washington and represent us. And then they would pr provide me with what they want me to, to represent them as, you know, what would be the, the, uh, the things that they want me to, uh, legislation to put forward. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I don't try to um, understand how many people want a certain re um, response to an issue, then then it would be impossible for me to know the will of the people. So if I'm only listening to some of my constituents, mm -hmm. then I'm not doing what is necessary to represent all of my constituents. So, so if there were a thousand people in my district and I heard uh, there were a thousand registered voters in my, in my district, and then we can get into the discussion about whether a non-registered voter can um, put forth an idea and be considered as part of the, uh, you know, part of the people who are influencing the vote. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I understand it. So, so if if there if there are if there are 1,500 people in the district. A thousand of them are registered voters and 500 are not registered voters. Mm -hmm. Do you count those 500 people's opinion? I say yes. I, I would say you'd have to consider what those opinions were because just because they weren't registered doesn't mean it won't align with the other people in the group or in the other group. And so, I mean, and so what I say to that is... If you're not participating in the system, um, your 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 opinion doesn't count because you're not doing the work. You're not doing the work of, you know, getting out there and um, letting people know what your opinion is. OK, you're not you're not doing the work of ensuring that the person that best represents your district is the one to go into Washington. So I, you know, I, I can understand you might want to include them, but I say voting is the way and participating in the system is the way your voice is heard. I understand that. Okay. But you have to consider that <clears throat> those people that did vote for you are going to be affected and you may stand possibility of losing some now if that's a risk you want to take that's fine I, you just got to consider that though as well okay i'm not sure i think okay okay i'm not there was some part of that i didn't understand okay let's say uh half the people or an equal number of those people that didn't vote did vote for you and 
the ones. No, no, wait, 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 wait. You said people that didn't vote did vote. No, the people that didn't vote for you have a same, uh, uh, the same, uh, whatever um, ideas or op or whatever they wanted. Same ideas that some of the people that did vote for you they were aligned with voters and non-voters with the same ideas what i'm saying are you willing to throw all of the ones that did vote for you on the minority side out because of the other ones not voting oh okay so now so now i think i have a better understanding of what you're trying to say yeah so you're saying um that a majority of people have an opinion on an issue a, 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 a majority of the people who who voted mm -hmm. have an opinion on an issue and then you've got some people who didn't vote who could possibly impact if they if they're included in the conversation impact <laughs> how the how the the um, community feels about the issue Right? Am I close? Well, I'm not saying they can impact how people feel. They they have the same feelings as that group. Now, the impact is going to be determined, uh, I guess, ultimately on the actions that the uh, office holder takes. Okay. So, so here's what I'm going to say. If you don't vote and you don't participate in the system, you're allowing the people that do vote to determine the outcome. Fair enough. Okay. So if you don't get out and vote and a candidate gets into office and does something that you don't like, you have no recourse because you don't vote. And that person does not have a necessary um, impetus to hear what you're having to say because you're not participating in the system. You are not being measured along with all the other things that are necessary to make the system function well. So to have your voice heard, you need to be registered and vote. True. I'm just looking at the fact that you have some others that did vote and are how willing are you to just write them off? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> the only people I'm writing off are the people that don't participate in the system. So your, your question seems to ask me, um, if there are people that participated in the system, don't get the outcome that they want. Mm -hmm. I'm that I'm somehow writing them off. The reality of of uh, cap or the reality of um, democracy does not mm -hmm. guarantee you an income, an outcome. It does not That's guarantee true. you what you want. That is true. The your voice is heard when you register <laughs> and you vote. That's when your voice is heard. That's when you count. That's when you matter in the system. 
providing you're in the right on the right side. It doesn't matter what side you're on. That's how you participate in the system. It does not yeah. matter if you what side of the system that you're on. Because you could always win or lose. So it doesn't that's not what important about what side yeah. you're on. What's important that you're participating in the system. Okay, I, I got mm -hmm. that. That you're making the system work. Uh -huh. So if so, if um, we could we could create a system where fifteen people vote for the representative, mm -hmm. and then we go out and we canvass all of the people to see what they want. But the easiest way to do it is make sure you're registered to vote. We know you have a place. So like you're not you're not showing up five minutes um, before we vote on what we should be doing, or you're coming from another district by identifying you as a voter, as a registered voter in that district. Your vote can your your place can be counted. You can your voice can be heard because you're in that district, you participating in the elections of that district, and you're making sure that your voice is being heard. Okay. And you have that place. That's what the system does. If you are not voting, if you are not registered. Why do you think you should be able to have a voice in how things run? They may not have a voice, but they still have a vote. If well, they, they have decide. a vote if they're registered. That's what I'm saying. Right. If you if, if you are not registered to vote. Okay. If you're not going and voting, why do you think you're, you should be counted when it comes to deciding on an issue? Okay. Right? Sure, sure. I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand. So right now we're having this voter registration issues about who can vote, how easy we should make it to vote. And that's and that's a discussion we absolutely have to have. Right. But one one discussion I don't think Okay, so one another discussion I think is important is making sure people understand that to have an impact on the decisions that go on, you have to be a part of the system. You can get heard if you're registered to vote and if you vote. Mm -hmm. If you're doing, if you're making the system work, you get to be heard. If you're doing nothing but throw, lobbing bombs from the sidelines, you're not registered, you're not voting, you're not doing anything, you're not helping campaigns, you're not uh, having discussions and you just show up when the issue's being talked about, you're not a part okay. of making things better. Okay, I, I, I get what you're saying. So here's, <laughs> here's another question. With the issue we're talking about right now about um, the censorship thing mm -hmm. with this legislation and all this movements to ban books and, you know, 
certain ideas out of the classroom. Okay. Do you think this is a result of people not voting or do you think it's more uh, a majority of people want this? Well, based on the conversation that we've we've had, we're you know so far in the conversation, I'm tending to think that um, <laughs> that part of the problem that we're having is is that we haven't established a clear way of showing how many people want something. We haven't established so bigger than voting. Is that huh? So voting doesn't show that clear enough? Well, okay, so you, let's say you vote for a candidate. Mm -hmm. And we had this discussion before. You vote for a candidate. The candidate says, I want to close this factory in our district. <laughs> right. They get elected by a majority vote. There's a, a thousand voters. They get eleven. Uh, they get six hundred. They get into office, and then uh, fifty-one percent of the people who elected him say, "We don't want you to close that factory." Okay. Just because he got elected doesn't mean he gets to he or she gets to close that factory. They still are beholding to the majority of the the I, the desires of the people that elected them because they're public servants. So there has to be some way to capture how many people want that factory closed. The assumption is that that has been going that we've been working on before was. Because you elected me, you obviously want that factory closed. And that's not necessarily the case. Okay. And so what I'm saying is, is that the difficulty that that I see that, that needs to be resolved is understanding the will of the people better. How are we capturing the will of the people? Because... Hmm. You know, one news article says we got a poll from Ipso Facto that says 51% of the people want this factory closed. Then we have a poll from Ipso Facto non gratis that only 49% of the people want that factory closed. Mm -hmm. So so there's a disparity there. Which poll is correct? Right. So the Well, go ahead. I get you. I think from a politician's point of view, they do have ways to get out to meet the public, mm -hmm. to go to town halls, mm -hmm. to meet with organizations and get a real feel for what the people want. Now, do they do a good job of that? I don't know, but they I think that's part of their job to go out and meet with the people before and after the, the election. That sounds great. But what if what if uh, uh, there's a vocal few that go to every meeting mm -hmm. and th there's only so many seats and they get in there and, and they fill up those seats first? That skews the results. 
Well, that I think it. at the end of the day, if you want to run for office, you ought to have the resources to understand what the people want. And if you're unable to do that, then maybe you have some shortcomings as a politician or, or a candidate. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if our system has included those resources. You know, because well, they pay you a salary, that that doesn't necessarily mean that they give you office staff to help uh -huh. you canvas your uh, constituents to see what their will is. Well, politicians get in the office. Mm -hmm. They raise money <laughs> for, during, after the election. And I think it's going to have to be up to them as far as how they use the resources to determine those things. And I mean, here's what it I is think. what it is. There's a, the money in politics is a big conversation, but what it boils down to is what they do with it. I think we're, I think we're all responsible for making sure that our Congress people hear from us. I think yeah. we're all responsible. I, I don't think it's just the, once we elect them, then they're responsible for uh, reaching out to us. I think once we elect them, we're also responsible for reaching out to them. So they, they need to reach out to us and we need to reach out to them. Great point. I, you're absolutely right. It's a two way street. Right. And so I don't, I don't, so we, we have a, a, a level of that right now. I just am not comfortable that, that we're, that that level of, of outreach between the two is getting to the heart of what people want. Hmm. You Do us? you think that there's a big disparity in politicians as far as how well they get their message out? I don't, I don't. Or the communication between that politician and the people? Well, some politicians are real good at getting the message out. Mm -hmm. There are others that are not. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incumbent upon the borders to keep letting this politician know, hey, we like what you did here. We didn't like what you did here, here, and here. And you let him know that or her know that. So, so when I was in, when I was in radio, um, one of the, one of the ideas that we operated on was that only about five to 10% of your call-in users that called in and asked for songs, only about 5% of the people that listened to you actually called in and participated. So that means about 90% of the people are just passive consumers mm -hmm. of your product. Now I'm going gotcha. to, I'm going to transfer that to, to, um, politics. Okay. So you got the town halls, you got the, the people that write in, you got the people that write in. I don't believe and I don't have 
any hard data to prove it, that a majority of your constituents contact you and ask for things. So the majority of them vote and then <laughs> go about their business. Okay. I can see that. And then what happens is, is a small minority of people influence politics. If that's the true, if that's the case, what I think would be helpful is to find a better way to, in, to get more people to um, participate in giving their, their ideas about how they, they, they see the country and, 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 and legislation being passed. Because the more people that you have involved, the more likely you're going to have a better result. Yeah, that that's definitely true. Having more people directly involved so that the communication is flowing well both ways. Exactly. And I, I just don't I don't feel comfortable that's that's what we have right now. Oh, I know we don't have it right now. Because I've been thinking about it since you were mentioning these things. It's it's just uh not a good system. Well, you know, I, 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 I so I think, um, um, democracy is a good system. I just think that we need some additional tools to make our democracy work better. Yeah, exactly. And, and as long as the main tool is, is the almighty dollar, it's going to be a little bit difficult for the average Joe to, to be heard. I'm not saying he, he can't be heard, but you know, it's kind of hard to compete with these mega corporations dumping hundreds of thousands into these coffers. And you've got maybe 15, 20 bucks that you can throw out every now and then. I, I don't think your message is going to be quite as loud. You, 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 um, you brought up a very good point. Um, you know, as far as uh, those dollars, you know, influence, uh, add undue influence mm -hmm. on the system. And, and part of ensuring a better outcome in our system, we do need to manage that better. I agree. Absolutely. There. Absolutely. I think, I think it should be balanced. I think they should break it up and each politicians should get a set amount instead of uh, going out and having to beg, borrow, or, or bend over for the person with the most money. <laughs> it, that's just an automatic uh, way to corrupt the system. You know, when you got all of this money coming in for over here, how are they going to look over there when all the money's over here, you know? Understood. Understood. And a lot of them to go in to get their, I can't say that for all of them, a lot of them go in to as a matter of wealth creation, wealth and power. Understood. Understood. All righty. Uh, any last, any last comments, Leonard? No. Any last comments, Warren? <clears throat> no, no. I think you raised some really good points about um, how we as individuals need to be more involved. We need to communicate with our elected officials more so that the uh, balance is, is more uh, proper so that they're hearing 
more people and not less and they get a better picture of what the majority want as you said it i i agree i i, I agree with you and i agree with me and i agree with you agreeing, agreeing with me um <laughs> that uh that it would be in our best interest to um put tools into place that give more people a voice so that we understand better the will of the people and that we don't put it in. I'm not saying that private industry doesn't have a place, um, but just depending on private industry, uh, private industry has its own um, set of objectives that may color uh, their participation mm -hmm. in the process. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, right. We Tomorrow we're talking about black justice. Uh, what I liked about uh, picking that topic is um, we're going to talk about uh, the possibility of a black female Supreme Court justice and how that impacts black justice uh, throughout the land. Tomorrow, guys. All right. All right. Talk to you tomorrow. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.